This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's 12.03 Thursday afternoon, February 17th, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. Employers are adding perks in an effort to attract workers. We'll find out more in our next segment. But right now, the latest report on housing starts is out, along with the weekly tally of jobless claims. We're joined by Carl Riccadonna, chief U.S. economist, Bloomberg, based in New York. Carl, thanks for joining us today. New construction falling 4.1% in January, and it's telling uh, what is now a familiar tale, that uh, Omicron disrupted the uh, labor supply, the number of workers available to build new homes. Yes, uh, we're. Yeah, it's always difficult to measure uh, things like uh, outdoor-related uh, activities, like home construction, for example, during the uh, depths of winter when activity is usually at a very low level. So this tells us something about shut-ins related to Omicron, uh, and uh, maybe it's uh, nothing more than a weather report, uh, really. Uh, but as we step back uh, and look at the, a more macro picture for the housing sector, uh, we have a lot of supply chain issues still impeding construction. Labor shortages are a problem. Uh, but on top of that, now this backup in mortgage rates that are getting very close to 4%. So uh, your older listeners will still keep that in the context of very low levels for uh, housing financing rates. Uh, but uh, your younger listeners uh, will see that as a very steep backup in mortgage rates that is crimping affordability. Yeah, if you entered the housing market in the early to mid-1980s, you still tell stories about uh, paying double-digit interest rates for that first mortgage, and that certainly is a thing of the past. And there's also that other indication that uh, you may have mentioned just about uh, Building permits and the number of homes authorized, that's still steady. So a number of signs that this sector is going to remain at least fairly consistent uh, throughout the year as Omicron recedes and temperatures pick up. Absolutely. When we look at the, the, the housing data during the winter months, uh, to get away from being a, a weather forecaster or the, or, or the Punxsutawney Phil, the uh, groundhog, uh, we like to look at permits for construction activity because if it's a snowy month, that may impede uh, construction, uh, but it doesn't impede those longer-term plans of going down to the filing office and getting a permit for new construction. And that, that tells us more about the underlying momentum. Again, I do think that the supply chain issues, the labor shortages, and the mortgage rates will cool housing activity later this year. But what we can see from that permit activity is that at least at the start of the year, housing activity is still strong. Well, if your general contractor sees his shadow, that's uh, six more weeks until groundbreaking. <laughs> um, when it comes to jobless claims, this is interesting. They jumped a little bit to 248,000, but one or several specific regions of the country are responsible for driving that entire increase. Absolutely. As we look at the uh, uh, filings for unemployment uh, benefits, uh, they are at extremely low levels. So one week had a little bit of a backup. 
uh, that uh, is not unusual at this time of year because uh, there's lots of uh, flows in and out of the labor force. Uh, what we do know is that uh, labor demand is very intense. Uh, there's a shortage of workers. Workers are having success negotiating higher wages and other types of intangible uh, benefits, whether it's vacation days, flex hours, or, or bring your new puppy to work, uh, all those sorts of things. And so it is that you know, workers have much more leverage in this environment. And I suspect as Omicron fades into the background, we're going to see some very robust job gains over the next several months. That's going to push the unemployment rate further below 4%, and that's going to tell Federal Reserve officials it is high time to start raising interest rates. Thanks for joining us. Carl Riccadonna, Chief U.S. Economist Bloomberg, based in New York. Coming up, many workers are in the driver's seat when it comes to scoring extras with a new job. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Companies are being forced to add perks as they try to attract workers in a tight job market. Let's find out what kind of things are being dangled in front of prospective employees. We welcome in Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern, based in Chicago. Rick, thanks for joining us today. What are some of the bennies one can get uh, as they try to uh, take advantage of this tight, red-hot job? job market. Sure. Well, if you're desperate to hire talent and and there's a shortage for what you're looking for, it's it's pretty much the the seller's market, which means uh the employees want whatever they want. So time is one of them. You know, the 32-hour work week, uh being able to work flexibly from home, uh being able to work uh on a project or work basis as opposed to number of hours logged. That's part of it. The other part is is uh, the benefits, and then benefits are you know paid time off. Some companies are actually uh, offering people uh, prepaid time off, so you you're hired and then you're given a week or two weeks of of time off before you start. That's smart in that it takes that person out of the market. You hope they don't look for another job because they already have a job and they're now not have time to uh, relax and enjoy or get set in whatever way they need to. And these all speak to the idea that there's a big gap between the traditional management style, whereas I always wanted to work for IBM and I finally got the job and I never want to leave, which is kind of an inertia uh, and emotional pressure and economic drive, as opposed to the new market where people want to have purpose, they want to have potential, and they want to enjoy the work they do. And once again, uh, as you try to figure out as an employee uh, what benefits you want to get out of this, it sounds like you have to go on this voyage of self-discovery and find out uh, what really would make you happy professionally. Yeah, this this is a really difficult time for employers and employees, although they have the leverage, but they don't, most of us have never really spent a lot of time thinking about what we really want. And at the same time, as an employer, if I throw out a lot of perks and attractions to get people in the organization, that doesn't mean they're going to stay. So I have to also pay very close attention to the people that I already have that I need to keep and what matters to them. Well, the nice thing about that is chances are pretty good that what will keep your talented employees there is the same thing that will attract new employees. If you, if you walk your talk, if your, if your culture and your work environment is a place where people like to be, then people, once they get there, are more inclined to stay. 
And then uh, when it comes to uh, flexibility or work from home arrangements, it seems like, especially in this in, in 22, uh, assuming there are no variants behind Omicron, uh, you know, Monday, Friday being standard work from home days, it seems like that might be the case across the entire uh, in, in across the entire professional space. So how can you get a work from home arrangement above and beyond what's being offered already? Sure. And well, part of that is, is you have to earn the right to that. I think that, you know, if, if companies are trying to bring people on board who can do the work and also will be loyal, then I think this is a, 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 a developing process that happens over time to mandate as a potential employee in the beginning, I will only come on board if this is the deal, I think is unfair to the employer. And and I think the reverse is true. So talking about a, a here's the work that we need done, here's what the expectations are with continued review of as, as this goes forward, if it works, let's, let's try this. And some partnership on the part of both the employee and the employer is going to be a much better way than just kind of mandating something that one side or the other isn't going to like. Thanks for joining us. Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern in Chicago. Coming up next, Walmart sounding an optimistic note about its prospects for the rest of the year. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Walmart has topped expectations with its quarterly earnings while holding fast to its annual forecast. Let's get an update on the company and the retail industry overall with Jan Rogers Niffen, CEO of J. Rogers Niffen Worldwide, based in New York. Jan, thanks for joining us today. This is significant in one way that it's not, uh, they're not beating expectations just entirely on higher prices. They just, they had more customers. They really ran it really, really well in the fourth quarter. If you look at their business, they didn't give it up in gross margin. They got good comps. They had good customer traffic. Their um, fulfillment by Walmart, their connect by Walmart, their data services by Walmart all did really well, not just the retail business. They had good leverage. So they raised the dividend as we knew they would. It was hard to see anything wrong with this, despite Omicron affecting January, as we all know. So they just ran because, you know, the the quarter was November, December, January, and they just ran really, really strong numbers. Supply chain costs $400 million higher than planned, and COVID leave costs uh, rose $300 million. And so despite those headwinds, that was a a really, uh, that that makes that performance uh, even more impressive than we were talking about just before. Yeah, those numbers don't look as big when you think they did $150 billion in sales. Now, this also, they, not only did they have a, a very good quarter, but uh, they're, they have a pretty uh, sunny outlook on, on the rest of 2022. Well, when you look at 2022 and you say, gee, we have unprecedented monetary easing so far, we have strong employment, we have accelerating wages, we had great consumer net worth, we have excess savings, we're going to have unemployment probably down below 3% unless we see a very big increase in the labor participation rate up to 63 or something, whatever of those happens, we're going to have a very strong employed consumer. So it's no wonder that Walmart's relatively optimistic. The only scary thing I see about 20, I mean, the supply chain is going to get better. It may not be perfect, but it'll be better than last year. So the only scary thing is really the inflation. If inflation peaks out here at seven and a half percent and starts down gradually and returns to some normalized level and finally gets back into three to four range, we'll all be 
happy. If this thing pops to 11% or something and they haven't figured out a way to slow it down, at some point the consumer's going to scream foul and say, I just can't pay you more. To this date, that's not happened at all. So far, the consumer has been totally willing to accept price, hasn't fought it at all. They've even been willing to buy stuff they didn't really want at prices more than they expect to pay, and they haven't complained about it. I don't see how that can continue forever, but it certainly has continued up to now. So what I'm watching really closely is the inflation component from the consumer's reaction. Jan Rogers Niffen, CEO, J. Rogers Niffen Worldwide, based in New York. Still ahead in Technology Thursday, Ford scores a victory in the electric vehicle war. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. President Biden is commenting on the likelihood of a Russian invasion of Ukraine. Temperatures are falling ahead of the arrival of snow this afternoon. Technology Thursday, the Consumer Reports Electric Vehicle of the Year, comes from a longtime American automaker. And DoorDash sees its shares soar after reporting record orders in the fourth quarter. WBBM Business, the markets are lower. The Dow is down 400 points. The NASDAQ is down 281. And the S&P 500 is down 62. Winter weather on the way. Could see one to three inches of accumulation in the city. Temperatures in the 20s this afternoon. It's 27 degrees right now in Chicago at 1231. And topping our news at the half hour, President Biden says chances are extremely strong that Russia will soon invade Ukraine. The story from correspondent Sagar Magani. It's very high. The president says every indication is Moscow is prepared to attack. My sense this will happen within the next several days. Saying there are no signs of Russia pulling troops back from the Ukraine border, as it claims. Earlier, Pentagon chief Lloyd Austin said some Russian forces are instead inching closer, and Moscow sending in more combat aircraft, even restocking blood supplies. You don't do these sort of things for no reason. Meantime, Russia has expelled America's number two diplomat from the Moscow embassy. Sagar Magani, Washington. Snow is on the way today and preparations are underway to handle it. The Illinois Department of Transportation says travel will be affected by the weather across most of the state today. City, state, county, and tollway officials say salt spreaders and plows were going to be ready to roll as of early this morning. Meanwhile, many school districts figured the snow would have been here by now and took action to either call a snow day or an e-learning day. Among those switching to remote learning are Kankakee School District 111 and Bourbon A District 53, which would be in the path of some of the heaviest predicted snowfall. 
Bernie Tafoya, News Radio 1059 WBBM. It's 12:32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are in the red today. We're joined by Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk based in Chicago. Michael, thank you for joining us today. When we talked uh, at 10:20, we were uh, discussing uh, the economic disruption that a, a Russian invasion of Ukraine would inflict not only on the rest of the world but on the United States in particular. We talked a little bit about the uh, impact on gas prices and the potential of a slowdown in the economy uh, just because of all of the the second order effects of more people paying more at the pump. Um, What are some other uh, potential impacts on the U.S. economy that a uh, protracted Russia-Ukraine conflict would cause? Well, uh, good afternoon, Rob, and and thanks for having me on. You know, the, the issue with geopolitical risks is you don't know you don't know how long they're going to last, and you don't know how much the United States is going to get involved. My feeling in the long term is that this is going to be a situation that markets are going to eventually be able to brush off. Uh, but right now, because there's other issues, I really believe that the other headwinds that we face are really the things that, that the markets are most concerned about, like the Fed interest rate hikes, inflation, COVID. Uh, but right now we have geopolitical risks in, in the Ukraine, and that is just, a, it's given the market a reason to sell off, and it's, and it's taking that reason and, and doing so. I do believe that, that the risks of, in, in the Ukraine are more uh, a, a loss of lives, um, a disruption in, in certain oil uh, production, which would cause inflation. So those are those are those are bad things, right? But but in the in the grand scheme of things, the market has other things that are bigger to worry about. So you know, this is just a reason today to sell off, and I do believe that really uh, the markets are more concerned about other issues. And uh, when it comes to uh, fighting inflation, um, we we had a little more guidance uh, yesterday when it came to uh, the rate of interest rate uh, hikes uh, from the uh, Fed minutes that were released. And it seemed like the markets liked what they saw. There was a little bit of a rally at the end of the day. And uh, what kind of, you know, comfort did that information uh, provide to people? Well, I think it it showed that the Fed is going to still watch what is going to happen, and they're just not going to – they don't have six rate hikes, seven rate hikes baked in to what they're going to do. They're going to be, they're, they're going to be thoughtful about this. They're going to react as, as things change. We're definitely going to get something in March. It's probably going to be a quarter point. And, uh, but then after that, it looks like the Fed is at least going to be open to less interest rate hikes than they had originally indicated. And that's what made markets a little bit more at ease. But we will see. I mean, you know, if inflation stays high like it has been and this transitory inflation uh, becomes a lot longer term, uh, the Fed may be forced to do more. But but I do think that the that the market was, was comforted by the fact that, that the Fed indicated they're going to be thoughtful about this and they're not going to just react um, quickly with, with, with large interest rate hikes, which would very much uh, cause asset prices to, to, uh, to further uh, weaken. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next in Technology Thursday, an electric vehicle from Ford scores a major endorsement. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour.
It's Technology Thursday, and Ford's Mustang Mach-E has been named the Consumer Reports' top electric vehicle for 2022, beating out Tesla's Model 3. Let's discuss the honor and the implications for the electric car market with John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv, based in Detroit. John, thanks for joining us today. Before we begin, uh, it sounds like there's the Detroit Big 3 and the Electric Big 3, and uh, who are the players in the EV market. Who are the who are the the EV big three? Well, Rob, you know, first you got to start off with the most obvious one out there, Tesla. I mean, they're they're enormous. They're giant. Uh, number two, probably on the list uh, from a startup standpoint, probably Rivian. But it's nowhere near where Tesla is. In fact, it, it's nowhere near anywhere. Just about it's it's retailed very few units. They're going to ramp up a lot this year. Following them, probably Lucid, another uh, California EV startup. They got a beautiful car. They've only just started retailing. Now, I call them the big three Teslas, an easy call. The other two have the potential to grow to be something significant. But the EV startups, big three, really, it's just a big one. It's Tesla. And what does the uh, the, the Ford Mustang, the Mach-E, have over Tesla's Model 3, at least as far as Consumer Reports was concerned? Well, there's a number of things, and boy, they must be popping the champagne courts uh, at Ford Motor Company headquarters today. That's quite an accomplishment. But there's several things. The build quality on the Mustang Mach 3 is quite good. Uh, Excellent, in fact, is is what I would call it. Tesla can have some hit or miss. I've been in some Teslas that the fit and finish was not well done. I've been in other Teslas that were beautifully done. But Ford has got the consistency. Also, Consumer Reports does not like the fact that Tesla's uh, what they they call uh, autopilot, it's kind of like uh, cruise control on steroids, if you will. It doesn't really monitor the driver and see if the driver's paying attention. On the Ford, what they call Blue Cruise, which is hands-free driving, they do monitor the driver. And if the driver's not paying attention, it'll shut the system down. So, Consumer Reports believes that the Ford system is actually much safer than what Tesla has. You put those things together, and that's why the Mach-E came out as their top-rated car. And in some ways, it's kind of appropriate that the Ford Mustang Mach-E is earning all of these honors, because if you go back into the history of the Mustang, way back to when uh, Lee Iacocca you know, developed the engine for Ford back in the 60s, this was always a model that pushed the envelope. That's exactly right. And you know what's amazing? If you look on a global basis, the electric Mach-E sold almost as much as the gasoline-powered Mustang. And so, I mean, the the electric Mustang has doubled Mustang sales just about on a global basis. I don't think anyone saw that coming. So it's it's been well-received in the market. And then what is the what are the implications now for the Detroit Big Three? Everybody's getting into the EV game uh, with gusto. This is a big investment. Everyone sees this as the future. Um, with this sudden and rapid adoption of this technology, uh, how quickly is the automotive space going to change? Well, I'm remember I'm reminded of uh, you know that that great American hero John Paul Jones, who famously said the words, "We have not yet begun to fight." I think that's what you'd hear from the Detroit Three. They're only just starting to get their EVs to the market right now. It's going to take a couple of years, but around 2024, 2025, I think people are going to be amazed at the amount and uh, 
the sales of electric vehicles from General Motors and Ford and even from the Chrysler Group, uh, which is now part of Stellantis. It's an exciting time. John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv in Detroit. Thanks for joining us. Join us this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday and still to come, DoorDash celebrating a fantastic fourth quarter. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. DoorDash is looking at a strong year for its delivery service following a record-setting fourth quarter. We're joined by Laura Foreman, technology columnist for the Wall Street Journal's Heard on the Street column based in San Francisco. Laura, thanks for joining us today. It seems like DoorDash and Peloton were two companies that benefited greatly from the disruption wrought by the pandemic. On the one hand, Peloton discovered that what goes up must go down. DoorDash is still going up. So what's the discrepancy between the two? Uh, hi, thanks for having me. I think, uh, well, one huge difference I would point out is the, the huge, massive run that Peloton had, and you just didn't see that in DoorDash's shares. Um, in fact, I think Uber outperformed DoorDash over the last year or so. Um, so it just didn't go up quite as much. Um, but I think, I think when, you, when you look at DoorDash, the growth there is just so much more sustainable. I mean, they started with food delivery, uh, which is fine. Now people are going back out to restaurants, so maybe that tempers a bit. But now they've added all these new verticals, so you can order alcohol. Who doesn't want that? You can order you know, diapers for your baby at the same time. You can get medicine. You can get all these things. Um, and I think that you know, while the food delivery trend itself has moderated, delivery itself is probably here to stay, and that's what you see investors betting on, even while you know Peloton's stock continues to tank. And on top of that, it seems like a lot of restaurants uh, were forced to create a carryout business because of the pandemic, and DoorDash benefited from that back then, and people developed uh, uh, an appetite, as you said, for getting food delivered. Yeah, definitely. I think people saw just how easy it was, um, and then the fact that you can sort of add on things to your food order makes it seem kind of like a twofer. You know, you're you used to just sort of lament, oh, we're going to order out again. But now, you know, oh, but I can order out and I can also get a bottle of wine. I can also get, you know, some batteries, whatever it is that you need. Um, it kind of ups the value proposition for consumers for sure. It, One it, other important difference I would just point out is just on the differential in price. Almost anyone can afford, you know, to do takeout delivery occasionally. Certainly not everyone can afford a multi-thousand dollar piece of exercise equipment. So that was a huge difference between the Dash and Peloton performance as well. Well, it, it, it's it's very interesting you mentioned that as you open up the uh, potential universe of things that can be delivered to your home. Uh, if you need to get batteries as quickly as possible and you, and, and you call DoorDash to get the batteries delivered, uh, you know, why not uh, add uh, some burgers and wings to that order too? Exactly, exactly. I think um, there's just, there's so many things that we need and so many different stocks we used to make. I was just, listening to your weather report i'm in california so of course it's sunny here but it's like 27 degrees there so winter is in full force right um and i think not everyone wants or has the energy to to bundle up and go out and do all of their errands so there is another use case for doordash right there well thank you laura reporting from sunny san francisco laura foreman <laughs> technology columnist for the wall street journals heard on the street column uh thanks for joining us this afternoon you'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at wbbmnewsradio.com and the odyssey app 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.